0: Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. That would be me. It is Thursday, the 26th day of May 2022, and I'm scratching my head this morning after listening to a rambling, mumbling, bumbling, fumbling, stumbling speech by the Groper in Chief. I think Biden's really upset that little fourth grade kids were killed because he won't have an opportunity to grope them. Oh, Steve, that's out of bounds. No, it's not. The man is a pervert. And in his rambling, incoherent speech, Biden kept referring to so-called assault weapons, assault weapons. There's no such thing. A gun is a gun. A rifle is a rifle. A pistol is a pistol. The term assault weapon, assault rifle is something that the leftist, Democrat, anti-gun crowd made up to make it seem far worse than it is. The gun did not kill the children. The bullet from the gun used by an evil, twisted, sick, demented psychopath killed the children. This kid could have, had he not had a gun, but still had an intent in his heart to kill these children. He could have waited until recess time. And then crashed a stolen school bus through the fence and mowed down hundreds of children with his foot on the gas and no intention to hit the brakes. The gun, Mr. Biden, did not kill these children. And then, of course, Joe Biden has to play upon the, oh, I know what it's like to lose a child. Guess what, asswipe? Your host, Steve Z here. I know what it's like to lose a child as well. But you can't use that as your backdrop or your excuse to try and kill the gun industry. I am a law-abiding citizen, except for the occasional breaking of the speed limit. I'm sure I've done it a time or two, or the failure to use a turn signal when turning in a parking lot. But for the most part, I am a law-abiding, constitution-loving citizen of the United States of America. And that constitution gives me the right to keep and bear arms. And that right shall not be infringed. Can you read Joe Biden? I know you were having trouble on the teleprompter. I know you were having trouble with your cue cards. I know you have trouble just formulating a sentence all by yourself without a cue card, without a teleprompter, without someone whispering in your earpiece. The Constitution guarantees me the right to keep and to bear the arms that I have legally purchased. You say that this kid has no right to go into a gun store and purchase two, as you called them, assault weapons? First of all, there's no such thing as an assault weapon. Secondly, you're damn Skippy. He has a right to go in and purchase those weapons. He doesn't have the right to use those weapons to kill innocent children. I am not in any way, shape, manner, fashion, or form advocating that this kid had the right to go in and murder innocent children with the two legally purchased firearms that he had. You, Mr. Biden, failed those children. You, Mr. Biden, who allows unfettered immigration, illegal, invading, trespassing criminal aliens to cross illegally into our country. You set the stage for this. Perhaps this kid, in his sick, twisted, deranged manner of thinking, said, we're going to get rid of a bunch of these illegal kids, these children of illegal immigrants. Maybe that was his sick, twisted justification. I'm not standing up for it. This kid deserved to die on the spot, as he did. He was killed by a Border Patrol agent. But let me ask you something. Why is a Border Patrol agent outside of an elementary school some 75 miles inside the U.S.-Mexico border? Why was this Border Patrol agent not on the border keeping illegal, criminal, invading, trespassing, disease-carrying migrants on the other side of the border? That's a question for another time. The fact is, Mr. Biden, your administration has put a price on the heads of law enforcement. You have demonized law enforcement. You have castigated them for doing their jobs. You have vilified them, making them out to be the bad guys. You and your party have called for defunding the police. And yet, you have cops around you 24-7, and they're armed with a lot more weaponry than this kid had. And I would venture to say those guns held by your Secret Service are much more deadly than what this kid went and bought at a sporting goods store. Yes, this 18-year-old kid had the right to buy the guns he bought. Because that same 18-year-old kid is expected to be in the military where he fires guns for a living. If an 18-year-old can be told you're going into the army and you're going to fight bad guys, here's a gun, son, here's how it works, then an 18-year-old who didn't join the military has the same rights to buy and use the gun for legal, lawful purposes. Once again, for the idiots out there that are going, I can't believe Steve is advocating that this guy had the right to go in and murder those children. I did not say that. I did not imply that. I did not intimate that. I simply said, every U.S. citizen without a felony criminal background has the lawful, legal, constitutionally protected right to purchase a firearm or even trade one for a pack of bubble yum. You have the right to keep and bear arms. You do not have the right to go shoot up a school or a church or a gay nightclub or a black gathering or a white gathering or a yellow gathering, but you do absolutely have the right Mr. Biden, to keep and bear arms. In his rambling speech, Joe Biden also said that the gun manufacturers know that these so-called assault weapons are their biggest profit margin items and they have fought tooth and nail for 20 years to make sure they still have the right to sell them. Yes, Mr. Biden, they do have the right to sell them, but they're not assault weapons. Now, I will agree that there should be some Background check requirement for people to own a gun. This kid should have had some type of background check done on him where someone says, hey, wait a minute, your writings, your ramblings, your scribblings, your graffiti, your posts, your media posts, your public commentary all say that you're going to go out and kill a bunch of keep kids in a school one day. Well, guess what? You probably shouldn't give that guy a gun because you have justifiable reason. But you see, if you give the Democrats an inch on this issue, they'll take a mile. They will then find some reason. Did you ever raise your voice to anyone ever? You're not qualified to have a gun. Did you ever go one mile an hour over the speed limit? You're a lawbreaker. You're not allowed to have a gun. Did you ever oppose authority in any way? Question your boss or a cop or anyone? You're not allowed to have a gun. And that's why we cannot have meaningful common sense gun laws in this country. Because the Democrats want to take it. And they want to take all of your rights away from you. Take a listen to Gropey Joe as he speaks very incoherently, rambling, looking back and forth as if, oh my God, what is the next word that's supposed to come out of my word hole? Take a listen to this feeble-minded old fool as he tries to take advantage of another crisis, which happened on his watch, by the way, and use it against the American people. Here's what else I know. Most Americans support common sense laws, common sense gun laws. I just got off a trip from Asia meeting with Asian leaders, and I learned of this while I was on the aircraft. What struck me on that 17-hour flight, what struck me was these kinds of mass shootings rarely happen anywhere else in the world. Uh, I was, uh, uh, airplane, uh, uh, Asian uh, uh, leader uh, uh, struck me. uh, uh. Come on, man. Complete a coherent sentence. Come on, man. Joe Biden is a feeble-minded, senile dementia patient with Alzheimer's who is failing both mentally and physically right before the eyes of the American people. And just as the Democrats' motto states, never let a crisis go to waste, the Democrats and Joe Biden and their willing partners in the mainstream, leftist, liberal, woke, progressive media, they're jumping on the bandwagon. But what they don't realize is if they come knocking on the average American citizen's door and say, hey, Joe Biden just made guns illegal. We see that you have a nine mm Glock registered to you. Please hand it over or we're going to come inside and take it. The average sheep, the average sheeple in America will simply hand over their guns. There are some die-hard, steadfast folks who will say, you're not taking my guns, buddy, and put up a fight. They'll end up dead because the cops will have more firepower. I'm sure cops will also be injured or killed in those types of situations because Americans who understand their fundamental God-given right to keep and bear arms supersedes what some feeble-minded old fool happens to feel at the moment because it is politically advantageous for him to feel that way. My friends, your right to keep and bear arms is just as sacred as your right to free speech, freedom to worship where you choose to worship, freedom to write your opinion down on a piece of paper, freedom to redress your government against any grievances you might have, freedom to keep your person and your property from unreasonable searches or seizures by the government. You see, when you get rid of the Second Amendment, you're violating the Fourth Amendment. But that's just my professional, technical opinion. But there's another side to the, hey, we're here from the government. We're here to take your guns issue. Like I said, a lot of the sheeple will simply go, they okay, though Biden said to take my gun, so here's my gun. To hell with the money I spent on it. To hell with the time I put in practicing and learning how to clean it and safely operate it and and use it. That doesn't matter. Biden says he wants my gun. Then there's the people who will fight the government for it. But there's also the criminal thug element. Do you really think a criminal who makes his living using guns to rob people or convenience stores or to carjack people do you really think when the government comes into the projects and knocks on their door we're here to take your guns mr thug criminal animal do you think they're going to just willy-nilly hand over their guns and even if they handed over one they probably have five or ten stolen guns that are not registered to them at all remember When Joe Biden and the Democrats come for your guns, the first people's homes that they will be knocking on doors will be yours because you legally purchased and registered your gun. The criminal thug animals out there, they have not registered the guns that they have stolen or obtained illegally. They're not registered, so the government doesn't know technically, officially, about those guns. Therefore, when the government takes guns from everyone... The only guns that will be left will be in the hands of the criminal element. And you, the law abiding citizen, will have no means, method, way to protect yourself, your property, or your family. The old saying holds true when guns are outlawed, only outlaws will have guns. I personally, if you try to tell me that my gun is illegal, will automatically become an outlaw. I'm not saying I'm going to go out and rob anyone or shoot someone or hold up a liquor store. But by the very definition, if they make guns illegal, I'm keeping my guns, therefore, I will become a criminal. By definition, just like tomorrow, if they make boat anchors illegal for some stupid reason, I'm keeping my boat anchor, therefore, I will be a criminal. Joe Biden does not understand this basic premise of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness, or civil rights. You see, Joe Biden honestly thinks the term civil rights only applies to who black African american 13 percent hyphenated americans now on this texas school shooting barack hussein obama you know joe biden's former boss has now been clobbered for linking the uvalde texas massacre to the two-year mark of the criminal thug animal george floyd's murder you heard me correctly never let a crisis go to waste and black power black power baby black power baby Former president Barack Hussein Barry Sotero Obama raised many eyebrows yesterday for his feeble attempt to link this week's mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas by a deranged psychopath, likely illegal alien, somehow to the anniversary of the death by drug overdose and heart attack of one criminal thug animal named George Floyd. Nineteen children, two teachers, and a grandmother, in the town of Uvalde were murdered by an 18-year-old deranged gunman who was killed in gunfire with authorities. The bloodshed in Uvalde, Texas occurred one day prior to the two-year mark of the death of George Floyd, you know, the criminal, thug, drug-dealing, counterfeit-passing animal who died in police custody of a drug overdose and a massive heart condition, but it happened to have occurred with the knee of a cop on his back. George Floyd, lied while being arrested. I ain't doing nothing wrong. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. But he breathed. He breathed for nine minutes while saying he couldn't breathe. That, my friends, should be a Guinness World Record. Drug addict, drug addled heart victim breathes for nine minutes while saying he can't breathe. That should be a Guinness Book of World Record record. The massive riots, and not-so-peaceful protests that emerged around the country in the year 2020 was somehow linked to this murder of schoolchildren in Uvalde, Texas by none other than Barack Hussein Obama. Obama tried to commemorate Floyd's death and put it to the current national mourning of children in Uvalde, Texas. Here's what Obama had to say. As we grieve for the children of Uvalde today, we should take time to recognize that two years have passed since the murder of George Floyd under the knee of a police officer. His killing stays with us all to this day, especially those who love him. In the aftermath of his murder, a new generation of activists rose up to channel their anguish into organized action, launching a moment to raise awareness of systemic racism and the need for criminal justice reform and police reform. Critics railed against Obama for suggesting any comparison whatsoever between Tuesday's shootings and... George Floyd's death Not a single Grieving parent today Gives a rip About what happened To Floyd Or anyone else Right now For crying out loud This is not the time To be advertising For your favorite Activist group How utterly vile Mr. Obama Ben Shapiro says What in the world Does the former Have to do with the latter Andy Nose says I don't understand The connection Bro Not the same at all Ben Dominich Told Obama I think the Babylon Bee Put it best Seth Dillon wrote It sucks those kids died, but remember George Floyd? He's who I'm still thinking about, said Barack Obama, right? Washington Examiner contributor Harry Kashatrian quipped, George Floyd is the real victim of Uvalde, Texas. Blaze Media podcast host Jason Whitlock wrote, Bruh, this ain't it. Little kids slaughtered at a school is not the equivalent of George Floyd dying after resisting arrest while high. This is one of the worst tweets in history by Mr. Obama. Never let a crisis go to waste, my friends. That is the mantra of the Democrat Party, embodied in all its utter stupidity by Joe Biden's former boss. That's right, my friends, Barack Hussein Obama, the architect of the Biden disaster. And we all know Joe Biden took office facing a historic convergence of crises. Now, the list of challenges has only grown thanks to his utter mismanagement of the United States of America. If he were the manager of a McDonald's, he would have been fired long ago. They would not have even given him a burnt French fry end as severance. The mass killing of these 19 kids at a Texas school on Tuesday has become the latest test for the crumbling presidency of Joe Biden. Biden helms the nation that feels at all times is tearing at the seams. This was personified this week as he finally got out of the basement and took a trip to Asia. That was designed to address competition with China. But this foreign policy challenge, deemed to be most pressing by the administration, was framed by a pair of mass shootings that snuffed out the lives of multiple tens of people. People going about the most routine of American rituals, shopping for groceries and attending school. And yes, this happened on Joe Biden's watch. Why we have to live with this carnage is what the president asked just minutes upon returning back to Washington, D.C. Well because you have created such a hate-filled environment, such a hate-filled environment, Mr. Biden, that these things are continuing to happen. Some of his most ardent supporters who are now scratching their heads, wondering, really, we made this mistake? God, how did we do that? They say he prepared to take the presidency in the midst of chaos. That chaos primarily created by the Democrats in the form of phony dossiers, Russian lie hoaxes, Fake news about so-called collusion. Biden took the presidency in the midst of a Democrat-created chaos, including the Wuhan China novel coronavirus, which we all now know did not occur because of a bat in a wet market, but did occur because of gain-of-function research funded by Democrats through the likes of Dr. Anthony Fauci. Yes, in the days before his inauguration, old Biden himself and his team had circulated a memo outlining a combat plan which was supposed to address the four crises facing the country. That memo said COVID-19, the pandemic-fueled economic downturn, racial injustice, and climate change were the big four. As Biden took the oath of office on that bitterly cold winter day, another challenge displayed on the building behind him, the overhyped, overblown lie of a so-called January 6th insurrection, which was primarily a tens-of-thousands-person peaceful gathering of Donald Trump supporters at the Ellipse, and a few very far-left liberal and a few very far-right conservative-leaning people breaking a few windows and tipping over a few floor lamps at the Capitol. Oh, yes, the Democrats want you to believe that was a deadly insurrection. But the only death that occurred, as we all know, was when a cowardly Democrat black Capitol cop murdered in cold blood a white, unarmed woman, a U.S. Air Force veteran named Ashley Babbitt. Now Biden is facing an expanding roster of national crises. And let's see if we can remember them all. His inflation, his looming recession, his high interest rates, his high fuel prices, his fuel shortages and crisis, a baby formula shortage, the Russian invasion of the Ukraine and the Biden crime family's ties to the Ukraine, to Russia, and to communist China the disastrous withdrawal of American troops in Afghanistan, the massive border crisis, and now yet another pair of horrific shootings on his watch. The White House, you know, Biden's puppet masters, argue that they only bear a very small, tiny bit of responsibility for creating the confluence of crises, but they also know that they do not have the tools to resolve them. The job of the president means shouldering the burden, accepting the blame, but Biden refuses to do so. He likes to shuffle the blame, spread the blame around, because after all, he is the Biden, the three-time attempted president who finally got in under questionable electoral circumstances. And the pressure for Biden to act has grown more and more severe as the nation is barreling towards the midterm elections where the Democrats will most likely lose control of the House and Senate, and of course, the 2024 presidential election. And with Biden's current poll numbers dropping yet again now, 36% of Americans approve of him. 36! That's the lowest of the low. That's way lower than the orange man's numbers ever were. And even though each president is tested in unique ways, this cat, Joe Biden does not even know from day-to-day, much less hour-to-hour or minute-to-minute what the hell he's doing. Because unless there's a cue card written in front of him, his puppety mouth cannot utter the words. This is the Truth Hurts program. One of Biden's puppets, Alejandro Mayorkas, says there are six pillars of border security and that he has a plan. Really? Biden's been in office for a year and a half, and now there's a plan? I thought the plan was to send Camel Toe Harris to the southern border to make it all right. It's only gotten 10 times worse since Biden took office. Matter of fact, someone yesterday posted online, see if I have it here. No, not readily available, that our immigration crisis has grown by 1,268% since Donald Trump's first day in office. As May 23rd neared, Border Patrol agents' Title 42 Public Health Authority was to quickly expire, you know, Title 42, to expel illegal aliens. The Border Patrol agents and Border Protection and Customs organizations had already seen predicted massive increased numbers of illegal aliens approaching our southern border. Even as the Biden administration has now finally admitted that migration levels will increase when Title 42 goes away, they called on someone to put the blame on. The puppet, Alejandro Mayorkas, who yesterday issued a 20-page memo detailing his agency's plan for coping with the expected surge of illegal immigrants after Title 42 is ultimately lifted. Title 42, by the way, if you don't know this, has been used more than 2 million times since March 2020 to expel illegal entrants at the border in a process much quicker than the old normal Title 8 process. What does that mean? That means Title 42, Donald Trump's program, was responsible for getting rid of two million illegal immigrants. It should remain in place. It should be Title 55, the document that I propose. Close the border. Finish the wall. Link United States soldiers armed to the teeth with, as Joe Biden calls them, assault rifles at the border. And if anyone attempts to break into, trespass, violate our most sacred law, our immigration law, then they should be shot. Yes, I'm advocating this. Shoot on sight when they come across if they refuse to turn around and go back after being lawfully ordered to do so. Stay in Mexico. Apply for your asylum online or on paper at an asylum center over there. Let the asylum judges determine whether or not you are a worthy candidate for asylum, whether or not you are a criminal, whether or not you are disease carrying, whether or not you will be a burden onto the United States, its economy, and its people, and whether or not you can contribute positively to America. If you can't, and a lawful order comes from a border patrol agent or a U.S. military person, turn around and return from whence you came and you continue to advance you should be treated just like a thug criminal who advances on a police officer who orders them to stop and if they keep coming they're gunned down in the street by the cops this is how it should be on friday a federal judge ruled in favor of the 24 states and the attorneys general of those 24 states to block title 42's demise the ruling enjoins the administration from doing so Although in practice, Title 42 authority may be circumvented because legal challenges are unlikely to end with that ruling on Friday. Unfortunately for America, Alejandro Mayorkas's six-point plan for southwest border security and preparedness is simply a continuation of the Biden administration's approach to those who illegally cross the border. Namely, quickly process them into the U.S., release them under parole, and then just simply grant them asylum. plan is a lightly sweetened version with optimistic, underfunded measures to mitigate the collateral damage on local communities. For example, the Department of Homeland Security's Southwest Border Coordination Center and Customs and Border Protection leaders would engage in regular coordination, which includes, quote, a focus on non-citizen transport and capacity planning, resolving logistical challenges, and addressing community concerns through shared solution. The very first lines of this joke of a plan Mayorkas gaslights Americans by blaming the prior administration for handing DHS a broken and dismantled immigration system, but still claims credit for managing the unprecedented number of illegals seeking to enter the United States, as well as the higher numbers of drugs and smuggling interdictions. Here's the deal, folks. Rather than admit the powerful pull factor of the Biden administration's lax policies generally, and the proposing to end Title 42 specifically for the expected surge in illegal entries, Mayorkas blames larger global trends such as violence, hunger, severe poverty, corruption, climate change, COVID, and dire economic conditions. He apparently hasn't tried to fill up his own car with his own wallet because he gets a company vehicle. None of those, by the way, none of those conditions are legal grounds for asylum in the United States. Yet the Biden administration's plan is for all of those illegally crossing the border to come on in, seek asylum under fraudulent pretexts, and then simply be released to the interior of the country. The first plan's pillar is a small increase in Customs and Border Protection staff. Enlarged or new facilities to increase capacity to hold aliens up to 18,000 at a time instead of the current 13,000. DHS will now double its ability to transport illegal aliens by bus, train, plane, automobile away from those processing centers once they have been given paperwork to pursue asylum. In other words, you want asylum? Good, here you go, get on a bus, we'll send you anywhere. Just go, 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 go. The essence of the plan is, of course, to get the illegal entrance out of detention and into the asylum pipeline to avoid media scrutiny or political outrage. Pillar 2 describes a pilot program using enhanced central processing centers, the first joint center between Customs and Border Protection and Immigration and Customs Enforcement. Well, that's just a building. Pillar three, Mayorkas disingenuously promises consequences for unlawful entry, including removal, detention, and prosecution, and that core to the plan is our commitment to continue to strictly enforce immigration laws. Really? They haven't strictly enforced anything. He's well aware that the immigration court cases can take years due to a 1.7 million case backlog, an abusive number of continuances, motions, and appeals, all of which buy these illegal aliens more time in the US and make their ultimate removal increasingly unlikely. Pillar four reveals the growing administration's reliance on non-governmental organizations to perform governmental resources and functions. And it's just going to tell you all how much more money they're going to beg from you in the form of taxes to give to so-called agencies that are non-governmental, you know, churches and other groups. But someone has to manage that money, therefore they have to even increase government further in size to handle all of the increased paperwork pillar number five targets transitional criminal organizations and smugglers who take advantage of and profit from vulnerable migrants who seek to traffic drugs into our country a lot of words which means they're going to enrich the cartels the smugglers kill more americans with more drugs more crime and endanger more illegal immigrants as the drug mules are put into service in order to get them across the border. The Biden administration's open border policies have caused the smuggling of humans and drugs to thrive. Yet Mayorkas has the audacity to pat himself on the back for increased drug and smuggling arrests? Yeah, but how many more are getting away and not being arrested? What would really disrupt the cartels would be preventing illegal immigration in the first place. Cut off their revenue source 100%. Pillar number six is a pie-in-the-sky search for a magical deal with the Latin American countries that will somehow magically stem the flow of illegal migration with causes far beyond the control of those foreign governments. And here's a funny piece for you. Mayorkas is boasting of, quote, close cooperation with Mexico, unquote, but the illegal immigration numbers are increasing, not decreasing. The memo states, and I quote, in the past three weeks, Customs and Border Protection has encountered an average of over 7,800 migrants per day across the southwest border compared to a historical average of only 1600 per day in the pre-pandemic years of ready for this 2014 through 2019 hmm pillar number six contains the forlorn hope that sending the counter message through media and diplomacy that the termination of title 42 health order does not mean the u.s border is open that won't fool anyone mr Mayorkas in short your plan for the southwest border security and preparedness is a 20-page, six-pillar delusion. There's nothing safe, nothing orderly, nothing humane about the current border situation, and as a result, our national security and public safety are in imminent danger. has concluded that the Department of Homeland Security has, quote, been able to manage increased encounters because of prudent planning and execution, Unquote. Yet privately, he has told his agents that the border numbers are unsustainable. Bottom line is this. Mayorkas' public statements cannot be taken seriously. His policies are putting Americans in danger on a daily basis. That's all the time I have for this extended edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing.